0: Welcome back everybody. This is the Edip Experience Podcast where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today, here live at the Anthology Together Conference. I need some coffee, Liz, and maybe some water. Uh, What about you?
1: I don't know, but I live for how you said live, and you squeezed your little eyes together. That was hilarious. (laughs) If If I could make a meme of that and make fun of you the rest of the year, my life would be complete. So yeah, that, little face and you saying live like you were podcasting from
0: the Super Bowl. Well, can you hear me still? Am I coming loud in your headphones? I can hear you fine. Okay, good, because my headphones have had a disconnection, but that's okay. I can hear you just fine. Uh, We have two ladies with us now. We've had two ladies before, and now we have another two ladies. This is a lot of women here, which is amazing because there aren't enough women in higher education. Absolutely. We have Naronda and Carol with us from South College, and we are excited to talk to you guys about your college. So why don't you just give us a once over. Naranda, I'm gonna go to you because you look like you're ready to talk. So (laughs) tell
1: us about South
2: College. So South College is based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. We currently have five campuses. By the summer, we will have seven.
1: Wow, that's phenomenal. What kind of programs do you guys offer?
3: We offer a myriad of programs that are career focused from certificate to doctoral level. We are a regionally accredited private for profit institution. Now
0: you're after my own part here. Regionally accredited private for profit. I agree. For profits, if you will, have a, a stigma about them that, that I believe should
3: not exist. I agree. Um, yes. Because
0: what for profits um, serve students.
3: Yes. And they create outcomes. Yes. yes, yes. They recruit.
0: I mean, is that unlike other colleges? It seems very similar to other colleges that do the same thing, right? Recruit, retain,
3: graduate. I think a couple of bad players gave all for-profit institutions a bad name, and that's unfortunate because I think that we really work closely with a lot of students that maybe haven't been successful in traditional education, and we're able to, work with them hand in hand, give them more one-on-one attention than other schools have been able to in the past and able to help them create successful outcomes. That they haven't had a chance to get to in the past. So well,
0: and I'll restate that because apparently I forgot to take myself off mute. Please, <laughs> and um, Look, you might I can have heard only it.
3: do so much with
1: my mentoring. I'm not, you, you have to know the technology. I'm
0: Give not going to edit that out because that's what happens when you're live. So somebody's listening to this is going to go, what the heck is going on? With you? But I was saying that for profits basically recruit, retain, and graduate students just uh, just like every other single college that exists, right? And you create a profit. Um, And nonprofits create a surplus. It's like six of one, half a dozen. Kind of terminology is is the difference. So, so talk, talk to us um, about South College. I mean, you're, you're, you're in what a pandemic world. You're now, well, hopefully post pandemic. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about students. Talk to us about how recruitment looks. Talk to us about well, you guys are growing,
1: right? Yeah, retention
0: looks. Have you held your students through this? And and what are their needs been?
2: Yeah, we've helped the students through this. Um, Most of the needs are, they're they're not like, you know, unlike uh, other students, we've had to transition to more online, but I mean, that was a good outcome for our students. That also helped us grow in several areas and, you know, be able to, you know, just expand what we were doing.
0: You know, uh, let let me see this, uh, because can I get in my soapbox just for a second? Get on
2: there just for a minute.
0: You
1: know, (laughs) we know you want to. Go ahead.
0: I I'm looking at the ladies here and whenever you work for a for-profit, it comes with a certain stigma and right. that stigma sucks. Yes. And when you get on a microphone like this situation here, I worked for a for-profit, so I had Me many too. opportunities to be in front of a microphone. and mm. I always felt this... Moment of like, okay, wait a second. What are they going to ask me? And uh, what are they going to ask me about for profits? What are they going to ask me about this? Ask me about that. And this guarded nature that I would always come to the microphone with, as if I was doing something wrong.
1: But like she said, it's that there were the players that yeah kind of gave a stigma to but, that but idea. But
0: it. It and I would look at you, ladies. Kind of had this look on your face, and I go, you know what? Be proud. Of your, and, and you guys do look proud, but be proud of what you do for students and that you that you're with a university and a college that is creating successful outcomes, right? Don't you think, Carol? For I mean, sure. you just gotta own it. in you know, a tax status, oh, aside, and they that's do. They, they
1: came on the microphone and you were asking, but they were nervous. They're like, No, why should we be nervous? Yeah. So I already know these ladies <laughs> are very confident, they know what they're doing at your your college is obviously growing and you guys have are showing that you're helping and creating great outcomes for your students. What do you attribute that to? Do you focus on student services, wraparound services? Um, Do you have a particular focus in terms of student support? What I found, and I was sharing with one of our guests previously um, as we were recording this morning, is that When I worked for for for-profits, there was actually a lot more of a focus on student success. So can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think a lot of times in general, higher education, especially traditional, they don't understand exactly how much resources are devoted to student success. Because the students typically, I think one of you ladies alluded to this, are coming from maybe they haven't been as successful elsewhere. Maybe they went to community college. They're reskilling, upskilling. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're non-traditional students or what we call the new traditional. So they're... um, working as right. well as going right. to school, which is not necessarily the case. Like when Joe went to school, all he did was party and he lived on <laughs> campus. Up. He didn't have a job. So all he all he focused on was school. But for our students that are going through the non-traditional route and going to a career college or going to a for-profit school, a lot of times those mm-hmm. students have are, are parents. They're juggling multiple responsibilities. Can you ladies speak to that a little bit and what your philosophy there is on your campus and, and what you can probably um, share with our listeners about the devotion to making sure the students sure. are successful?
3: outcomes? We are very fortunate to work for a school that is committed to the student experience from the very first contact to graduation to placement in the industry. And there's a lot of uh, regulations, requirements that Mm -hmm. for-profit schools have to be accountable for that your traditional schools don't. Exactly. And we're thankful to be part of a company that doesn't wait until we're held accountable, but is really invested in the student experience, is really committed to making sure that there's an understanding from you know step 1 what the next steps are to be able to move forward in your education to be successful to be engaged in your in your college career to yeah. be able to from the point choosing the correct program that meets your skill sets your desires your the outcome that you're looking for making sure that you have an understanding of what career outcome you're you're headed towards so that you don't end up in the wrong program to begin with, making sure that you're a good fit, that you are qualified to be in those programs, and then just following them through, checking in with them, making sure that they have everything that they need while they're going through school, making sure that their funding is in place, making sure that their scheduling is happening Yep. Ahead of time, making sure that they understand what their schedules look like. Where do you get your books? Um, And then through the pandemic, accommodating them, being able to transition quickly, understand that everyone is transitioning. Everyone needs a little bit more one-on-one time. We were able to connect with students through multiple platforms like Zoom Mm -hmm. and just, you know, work with them, answer questions, make sure that we're taking the time with those students. And I think that's what's missed a lot of times just kind of hurting students through. We do have a very much, you know, one student at a time, making sure that all of their questions are answered, making sure that they understand so that they can move forward successfully.
0: And what do you guys each do at South Goddard? I didn't even ask you that. Like, what department do you work in? And
3: We're both on the financial aid side. Ooh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? We both said that at the same time, when, when are you coming back? Yes. Because you guys have to run to in a little up. while. You have yeah. to. I'm, yeah. I'm looking I'm rubbing for my an hands on-air together. commitment to re-talk to you. Yes. because <laughs> Because here, here's why. A couple of things. By the way, I want to address what you said, Carol, about about the uh, the regulations mm. uh, I worked for uh, nonprofit mm-hmm. now, so mm-hmm. I worked for profit for like 15 16 years. Then I went to a nonprofit for three years, and I would go, Can I do
1: that? Right,
3: <laughs> right, right,
2: that's <laughs> yeah. a daily
0: <damn> question. <laughs> Are you right. wait a second? Can I actually
1: do
3: it? And,
0: and somebody would go, Oh, yeah, this is what we do. I'm like, You cannot do that, and, and they go, like, Why no, not? We say and that
2: all the
3: time, right?
0: <laughs> well, this is nonprofit. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> a different world. Yeah, I had to retrain my world. brain. Because I was in this box of bing, 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 and just yeah. a pinball going back right. and forth. Right. And you think about how the, the, the there are stark, clear, clear, crystallized differences of things right. you can and cannot do. Yes. It's complete garbage in so many respects.
1: <laughs> Tell us the, the, just the technical service. Am, <laughs> yeah.
0: Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Wait, it's our podcast. I can say whatever I want. Um, but but it is. And you know so that in one of those areas um, that I think is so important that for profits perfected that many nonprofits try to replicate is the speed at which you can uh, package students in financial aid. You can enroll them in the financial aid process, like any other university becomes part of the sale, part of the sale to the consumer. In a for-profit, they figured that out quickly and said, we can turn this around more quickly because we're going to service the student and it becomes part of the decision-making process where nonprofits now, there could be two weeks or three weeks or a month in between and they're going, why isn't this student coming? And I'm like, you know, hello. You've got to tell them how much they could pay. So you guys are, you guys, I say you ladies, are Mm -hmm. critically important to the growth of, uh, of your organization. Is that... Um, is that understood in your organization, Run? I'm going to ask you. And um, do, you, do you think financial aid is valued in the way that it should be?
2: I would say yes. More and more, the the critical pieces that we we um, add to the the, the, the overall um, student process. I think that our company does a great job of acknowledging and putting a lot of focus into what we do. Yeah. I would
1: love to also have you weigh in because we we talk about this as well. Can you
2: get that
0: mic close to your mouth,
2: uh, please?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not mentoring me properly. No. Maybe you should have given me some more tips. You're gonna let, make these ladies late to their meeting no, and but you're gonna just, get them in trouble. Let's, this last question. The The first-gen students, the non-traditional students, the students that uh, haven't been successful maybe elsewhere, a lot of times they don't really understand financial aid.
2: Absolutely. So can you speak
1: a little bit toward your process of being such an essential piece of it? Because I think a lot of times with students that are first-gen or students that maybe have taken a break and worked and now they're reskilling, a lot of times they don't, they're not successful at traditional schools because financial aid is a barrier. Because they're right. like, okay, it's going to cost so much money. I don't understand it. At a school that's a, a small um, for-profit or private school, a lot of times they have to be a lot more nurturing with the financial aid process as opposed to like a big state school where we went to school, Joe, especially you, Joe, because, you know, you just, <laughs> you just blew off everything. I, I did not remember going.
2: <laughs> you
3: don't remember.
1: But- <laughs> With the, the financial aid process, a lot of times you have to really, it's not like a state school, where it's just like send your packet in and you know, months later you're like, oh, okay, I got money. You really have to make sure the students are informed and educated on the financial aid process. Because for them, it's like they have their kids, they have their work, they have so many right. other things, and they're making a, a key critical financial decision. Can you speak to that a little bit and maybe even... Give some tips or words of wisdom for other institutions as far as how you're able to navigate that with the special demographic of student that you work with.
3: I think to understand that the enrollment process is the beginning of the start of the education mm. and that you have to educate your student from that first step yes. all the way through. So you Speak teach them, yeah. yes. <laughs> teach <super> them <laughs> what their options are, what how to make the best decisions and be transparent. We are very transparent every document they sign they will always have access to they can go back to it they can Mm. we've got budget calculators for them we've got different links to help them better understand so they walk through a tutorial and we use the education partners software that's part of the anthology package wonderful and it's very student driven but they can actually walk themselves through learn all about the different types of financial aid they can link to the Department of Ed sites, get helpful hints mm-hmm. to better understand it before they even make contact with anyone at the school. Love so it. it's a very transparent process that lets them kind of take ownership and better understand. And we encourage them to consider, you know, reducing the amount that they borrow. Uh, we ask them to go ahead and use budget calculators so that they understand you every budget. time. Yeah. You're Right. Every time you borrow money, that's money you're going to have to pay, pay back. back. Let's start planning for a successful outcome of graduation. Right. And look at what that's going to look at so that we don't set you up for failure later.
0: One of the lesser known things in, in higher ed, and I know you guys have to run soon, is the fact that the federal government sets loan limits higher, usually higher than what it costs to go right. to school. And yes. Students take out, But
1: the fact that they're being so... Educational proactive. in the process and mm-hmm. proactive, it goes against the narrative of what we hear about for profit sure. predatory. They're just slinging loans at these students left and right, right, and then the students are left with all this debt. You guys are really setting the student up for success in that you're being very transparent about what the cost is going to be and actually helping to probably provide financial literacy counseling that a lot of right. students don't maybe haven't even gotten throughout Absolutely. the rest of their life right. right
0: one of the greatest things the government could do is allow schools to say that they aren't going to loan you money right. The federal government says here's your loan limit here's what you can take right. and the student goes i'll take all of that of course and the school is left going Please don't. We encourage you not to. Right. It, it, here's how it's gonna set you up. Here's what negative amortization am more it what is it? Amortization. 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 <laughs> I, can't no, I, I work guys. in finance and I can't still there say it go. negative amortization right. uh, is, and you guys are left to be really like loan counselors right. To, to right. right? That's a, a lesser known part of higher ed is that you're trying to prevent the student going into default right, right on yes. their loans. So I love what you guys do and i'm a huge fan of your work and so talk to me Uh, last question for you guys is you know what are you trying to take away from anthology and what are you trying to bring back to university
3: how to be better for the students how to make it simpler for the students how to give them more how to be more efficient and push that down toward the student
2: yeah efficiency is always my biggest goal you know what makes it the most information in the least amount of time for the student
0: well, I believe in efficiency too, which is why I always uh, try to school Liz on being a more efficient podcast host. <laughs> she continually fails. I've Uh-oh. tried
1: my best, but your mentorship is not really effective.
3: <laughs> she I keeps using why. the word mentorship, but I, it's more like- She did keep her headset plugged in. Oh. That's a good point. Thank you. I was a fan of Thank Carol, but so I'm no, no longer a fan of Carol. for pointing that
1: out. That was a key. I, you <laughs> should it actually be important. his mentor.
0: Thank I you think. very much, Carol for for that um yes i did accidentally unplug my headphones and microphone but that's another story for another day invite (laughs) these ladies
1: back (laughs) this has been another episode of the edip experience
0: podcast here with carol and naranda from south college live at anthology together ladies thank you so much and come back later thank you when you have more time and then we can get into it more get into it love it all right guys take it easy thanks